green. Come on up. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Man, she told all my whole name, full name. <laughs> well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Now, I know last Sunday we had, uh, we, we celebrated Bishop's 28th pastoral anniversary and all prayed for us and everything and sent us on our way. Well, Bishop said, no, you can't go yet. <laughs> you stay behind because you need to speak. So Bishop is on sabbatical and I will join him. I will join him at the end of this month. But he wanted me to just even give a shout out to the congregation. So I'm just gonna read the note that he wanted to, for everyone to hear this morning. He said, good morning, PT. I just wanted to express my appreciation to all of you for sending me on this three-month sabbatical. I did not realize how very tired I was and have spent this first week, this first week that just passed, resting, which was the recommendation of my sabbatical advisor. He had an advisor. <laughs> and it wasn't me. May God bless you for this tremendous blessing you provided for me. And again, thank you all, thanks to all of you, especially the Board of Trustees, Executive Team, Board of Elders, PT staff, for the amazing manner in which you have celebrated our 28th pastoral anniversary on last Sunday. I am both humbled and honored by such an outpouring of love. That's our bishop. Amen, amen. So I'm not sure if you're aware, but we are starting a series for this, um, throughout the summer, and it's a Jesus journey. So even the songs that we were singing this morning, it just falls right in line. A Jesus journey. So my text, well, actually, let me pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Oh, thank you for your presence. Because if your presence isn't here, we don't want to be here. But your presence is in this place. So, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for how you're going to speak, how you're going to speak through me, how you're going to speak to every individual that's here in person or online, or will even listen later on sometime this day or even during the week. God, we thank you that you're going to speak. So, Lord, I pray that our hearts will be open, receptive. Lord, all that you desire to say and do. We thank you again for this opportunity. We thank you for this privilege to stand here before your people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, my text is found in Luke 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 14 through 21. And I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And it says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Did we not sing about the power of God? Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me 
for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scriptures you, you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. And my title this afternoon now, is it morning or after? Yeah, it's still morning. This morning is Jesus and the anointing. So we've been talking about, or we've been singing about Jesus. Well, we're going to talk about Jesus and the anointing. Now, whenever the same scripture is mentioned in both the Old and the New Testament of the Bible, we ought to pay close attention. So, for example, Psalm 95, verses 7 to 8, and then in the New Testament, Hebrews 7, excuse me, Hebrews 3, 7 to 8 says, Today, if you would hear God's voice, do not harden your heart. And then in, in these two other scriptures, Isaiah 56, 7, and then Matthew 21, 13, it says, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer. So now these verses are both in the Old Testament and New Testament, and there's other verses. So we need to pay attention. We need to say, okay, Lord, what are you saying? You're saying you have said it in the old, and now you're saying it in the new. So here we have another example of a scripture that is mentioned in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. As I just read, Luke 4, 18 to 19, which says, or which I already said it, but now in Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So Jesus is saying this about himself, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, for the Lord has anointed him. So what does anoint mean? It means to rub, to smear, to rub, to smear on the head or forehead. The oil represents, this oil represents the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 23, at the end of verse 5, says, You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. So now you know that Bishop has always been telling us to anoint our head, to anoint our foot, to anoint parts of the body. And I have here the uh, bottles of oil that we have given we have given uh, back when we had our back-to-school Sunday. We gave it to all the students, all the teachers, the educators. We even gave out bottles of oil when we started our consecration back in January. And the reason why we've done that is because we know that there, there is empowerment from the Holy Spirit as we anoint ourselves. Now, this is not some magic potion that we're handing out and said, do this, put it on you. No, this is a representation of the Holy Spirit. And I actually brought a box today that after the service, if you want one of these bottles, one of the individuals on the welcome team will give you one of those bottles that you can anoint yourself, you can anoint your family, you can anoint whatever you want to anoint that needs the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So I want to use four, I'll say four bottles or four illustrations of oil to describe the four things Jesus' anointing on our lives will do based on Isaiah 61, 
and from which Jesus read from Luke 4. Let me get my little prop here. Everybody can see those? All right. So we have these four oils, types of oil. The first one is motor oil. It's the biggest one, motor oil. Next we have baby oil. And we got babies in the house. We have WD-40. Definitely needs have this. And we have, ha, olive oil. So the first, and I, you know, I was trying to find a smaller container, but this is like all they had. It's like, like, oh my goodness. So this is motor oil. This is the first one that I want to talk about. And I believe that the motor oil um, coincides with the verse to bring good news to the poor. Now, when you think about the poor, you kind of think about, okay, someone that, you know, is, doesn't have much. They're, you know, down and out. But when I actually looked up the word poor in the Hebrew, it means browbeaten or depressed. And then in the Greek, it means a beggar that makes you cringe or a person in great distress. So the bottom line is, this is a person whose life has worn them down or worn them out. Now we know that motor oil we need for our car, for particularly our engine, because our engine has different parts, has moving parts, and you know, after a while, there could be some friction. There could be some wearing down of areas in that engine. And when I was, I always like to have an example from the Bible. So when I thought about this, and, and that's why when you have a car or a vehicle, you need to get your oil checked. Hello? You need to get your oil checked because if the engine is not working correctly, you could be driving on the highway, on the street, and if the engine is not working properly, you're gonna start losing power. You're gonna start losing power in the steering wheel, on the brakes, and you don't want that to happen. You don't want to lose power at the wrong time. So this motor oil, again, reduces friction. And when I was looking for an example in the Bible, I thought about the 12 disciples. Friction, rubbing each other the wrong way. I thought about Jesus choosing the 12 disciples. Now, he's gonna create this one church out of these disciples. But if you examine the disciples, they were, you know, they were some interesting characters. And what is interesting to me is Jesus, the night before, he spent prayer all night long to choose these disciples. Well, let me tell you about some of these disciples. As I said, they rubbed each other the wrong way. One was an assassin. Jesus, you spent all night to choose an assassin, a tax collector, dishonest, cheating, one who talks too much, is always talking, always has something to say, impulsive, emotional, you know, quick to just react. Has some, two of the disciples, Jesus, we want to be great. You know, you can work that out, right? And the, and the mother getting involved. 
make my brother, make my sons great. Rubbing each other the wrong way. Friction taking place. But when Jesus and his anointing got to them in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit fell upon them, they were changed. They were changed men. They were then men that could go out and they could speak in boldness. They weren't, you know, this ragtime individuals with doing this and doing that. But then they had, they had boldness. He was able to change their names from disciple to apostles because they're being sent out and they're doing great work. They're doing all these things in the name of the Lord. And when Jesus anointing the Holy Spirit getting a hold of us, oh, things change. Things change. We cannot remain the same when the anointing, when the anointing is flowing in our lives. And you may say, well, I mean, Jesus is Jesus. You know, we know he's an anointed one. He's the Messiah. Yes. But he, I believe that Jesus wanted to show us that even he needed to be anointed so that we could walk in the anointing, that we could walk in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Now, PT is an engine. PT, we're an engine, and we're made up of moving parts, are we not? Moving parts. A lot of things happening. And we need the motor oil of the Holy Spirit to keep us from friction rubbing each other the wrong way, and wearing each other out or down. Can I get an amen from the congregation? Amen. We need an anointing that will take care of those things in our lives. The next is baby oil. I love baby oil. I love the scent of the smell. Baby oil, this represents... The verse in the verse of 61.1, Isaiah 61.1, he has sent me to comfort or heal the brokenhearted. Baby oil can bring healing or can be very healing. It can bring a shine, create a shine. It can smooth out the dryness. And, you know, you know for, for people of color, it can smooth out the dryness. It can remove the ash, as we would say. And you're just shining and glowing. It soothes. Now, the example that I found for this baby oil, I thought it was actually interesting that Jesus would, that the Lord would direct me to this example. Jesus healing the brokenhearted of the woman caught in adultery. And we, I'm sure everyone knows the story of the woman caught in adultery. We know that the Pharisees and these leaders, they're really trying to, they're trying to get Jesus. You know, they're trying to trip him up. And we know that, okay, this, this is going on. This woman is in, is in adultery. She's not in adultery by herself, but she's with a man. And I'm like, did they set this woman up so they could get, you know, get, uh, get Jesus? But they bring her to in front of Jesus in the middle. Says, you know what the law says, Jesus. We have to stone her. And yeah, he knew what the law said. But... He, gets, he bends down, he writes in the ground, if I say, what is he doing? <laughs> Just give us an answer. You know we need to stone her. He's just doing what he does. He gets up and he says, well, any one of you all here that hasn't sinned, then have at it. Stone her. 
And we know one by one, all that were there, they have to leave. They got to drop that stone. I'm sure they had the stones in their hand. They had to drop the stone and say, oh, okay, we can't do this. And I love the thing about this story is, again, the anointing of Jesus, that he comes in contact with this woman, and when they all leave, he tells the woman, where are your accusers? Where are those that were ready to execute you? She looks around. I'm sure her head was down all the time. And again, I'm like, there was a man that played a part in this. Why wasn't he, you know, in front, in the middle, and they're going to stone both? But I believe, just me, he may have been there, and he knew what the law says. Oh, it's the woman. I'm, you know, I'm getting off scot-free. But again, Jesus tells a woman, where's your accusers? We're the ones that are trying to, she says, there's no one here. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Neither do I accuse you. So go in peace and sin no more. And I believe that that very instance when Jesus spoke that to that woman, that that brought, that brought comfort to her, that brought healing to her, that brought freedom to her. It was just more than him just saying, you know, go and sin no more. I believe something was broken off of her. There was healing that took place. There was her being set free from this bondage. And that, that is something that is noteworthy. That is something that's noteworthy that we want to experience. That when Jesus and his anointing is in our lives, that there's going to be healing, there's going to be freedom, there's going to be open of, 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 of captivity, of captivity is going to be open, a prison door is going to be open. That's what the anointing of Jesus does. Amen. Amen. And I like, I think there's a scripture that says, but the anointing is the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. And we... I don't know about you, but I know I need some things to be destroyed. And not just broken, but destroyed also. Because sometimes, you know, so the anointing breaks the yoke. But I feel like, Lord, I, I need you to, to destroy. Because broken things, some broken things can be put back together. You know, we've got some people that are smart. Oh, I'm going to fix this back together. And put, no, we need, we need to be destroyed. Never to be put back together again. The third thing. WD-40. And that speaks to me to proclaim, oh, I got ahead of myself, to proclaim that the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed, to get things unstuck. That's what WD-40 is, to get things unstuck, to get people's minds unstuck. Now, I'm going to actually skip to the next one, and I'm going to come back to WD-40. So I'm going to jump to the last one, olive oil. Olive oil. That the time of the Lord's favor has come. Now, we can use olive oil to cook or to add to food for added flavor. Psalm 34, verse 2 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Jesus' anointing brings joy, brings flavor, brings favor. Jesus' anointing brings favor, brings joy, brings gladness. And the Bible example that I thought about, favor of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord, I thought of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, you know Zacchaeus, that's Again, a tax collector, and Jesus is in town. He wants to see Jesus, but he's short in stature, so he gets up in the tree, and he's looking, and Jesus sees him. Jesus recognizes him, and he says, Zacchaeus, come on down from that tree, because I'm, I'm coming to your house. 
Now, you've got you know, you to really think about it. Tax collectors, nobody wants to deal with tax collectors. Again, they're cheaters. They're, you know, they're just taking and stealing and, and taking people's money and, and just taking and just taking. So when Jesus is saying to, and Jesus is considered a rabbi, a Jewish rabbi, so they're probably saying, there's no Jewish rabbi that's going to go to any tax collector's house. We don't want anything to do with them. They can't even come into the church. They can't even come into the synagogue. So if Jesus says to Zacchaeus, come on down, I'm going to your house, that's already like, oh my goodness. Jesus noticed Zac um, Zacchaeus. He sees him. And the wonderful thing is, Jesus is not looking at what he, who he is, what he has done. He's saying, I'm going to your house. And he goes to Zacchaeus' house. And Jesus is there, hanging out. And, there, and again, you know, people are saying, what are, you, what are you doing there, Jesus? But the anointing, the anointing had to get in Zacchaeus' house. The anointing had to be in Zacchaeus' life. And again, when we come in contact with Jesus' anointing, your life has to change. Your life has to be different. You can't remain the same in Jesus' presence and his anointing. And again, going back to Matthew, one of the disciples that he chose, we know that Matthew at one time, he held a party at his house. I'm throwing this party for Jesus. And he has his party, and there's other tax collectors, there's other, they call them sinners, that are in this party. And it's like, Jesus, why are you going there? These are individuals that we don't deal with, we don't want to be associated with. We feel that they're different from us. They don't, no, they don't, they don't measure up. And Jesus, again, is like, I didn't come for those that are, uh, that are already good and healthy. I, I came for those that are sick, those that need the anointing to touch them. And, you know, we don't know the, um, the account of what took place in, in that party, but I'm sure that when they encountered Jesus, they, these tax collectors, these sinners, and whoever was there, there was a change that took place in their lives. There was something that took, that happened because Jesus was there. And I love, again, the fact that Jesus is not looking at our imperfections. He's not looking at our inadequacies. He's not looking at where we feel like we trip up or we're tripped up or we don't measure up. Jesus is saying, I look beyond that. I see what I see in you. And again, Zacchaeus, he saw he saw Zacchaeus. He saw the woman caught in adultery. Before, she was just an object. Just an object. But Jesus said, no, I see you. I see you. And the thing is, Jesus sees us. He sees us. He sees us beyond what we think is not right with us. That's the favor of the Lord upon our lives. When Jesus can say, I favor you. I'm not taking notes. I'm not, uh, uh, um, you know, right, yeah, keeping a record of what you have done or what you haven't done. I favor you because I love you and because of the anointing, the anointing that's upon my life. I want that anointing to be upon your life. So I'm going to go back now to WD40. And I'll talk about myself. So you know that it, uh, two weeks ago, Bishop and I, we celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary. And you see that lovely picture? That was our wedding day. Oh, we were so in love. But I was 22 years old, and Bishop was 24 years old. But you know what? 
as I stand here today, now believe it or not, hold on to your seats, as I stand here today as a 62-year-old woman, looking back at that 22-year-old woman, that 22-year-old woman was stuck, was stuck. And the bottom line was, I was stuck in fear, stuck in fear. And even thinking about my life, fear caused me to not even talk or communicate when I was in elementary school, like in the first grade, that to the point they thought something was wrong with me. I didn't communicate. I think I barely did the work. And I got kept back in the first grade. So when that happened, so now I'm feeling, I'm feeling dumb. How can you get kept back in the first grade? I was like, how much are you really learning in the first grade? But I get kept back in the first grade. So now I'm feeling stupid. I'm feeling dumb. Also, as I've said before, I was sexually abused. So now I'm thrown into feeling low self-worth. I'm not good for anybody. I'm stuck in fear, driving the first, in the first five years of our wedding, I didn't drive. But I had my license six, since I was 18 years old. But I didn't drive because I was fearful, just fearful. And I remember, you know, well, he wasn't bishop then. I just didn't I think, we, I think we had Vanessa, and he said, you know, these first five years, I've been, I've been driving you all over the place, but, you know, we've we got, we got a child now. I, I need you to, you know, to stop driving. So I remember him um, getting a, uh, I'm not sure what year it was, but a, a little Toyota Corolla just to, you know, help me to have get confidence in driving. And I know there's some individuals that they, they went um, with one of the individuals, I won't say the name, one of the individuals in our church has helped some of the individuals to be able to learn how to drive and get their confidence. So I, I had that car and finally, you know, getting confidence and then started, you know, to drive. And he's like, okay, you're driving now. Okay, now you can do this and you can do that. But stuck in fear, stuck in fear, stuck in fear. I also remember that I was stuck in fear even when he was going to become a pastor. Now, I knew. He told me even before we got married. He said, I am called to be a pastor when we were dating. You know, I heard it. It's okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. But, you know, when the day comes and it happens, you know, it's real. <laughs> it's like, oh. Oh, so I'm a part of this? <laughs> you want me to be a part of this? And you know, again, just, I remember one Sunday on the way to church, and he said, Carmen, I just feel like you're not with me. I feel like there's claw marks from the house to the church. It's like, I need you. Are you with me? And that was a defining moment. I was like, God, I'm, you know, I don't know why I'm so fearful, but I know it was because of this, the low self-esteem and the low self-worth and, you know, what do I have to bring? What do I have to offer? And I know it was all really stemming from that. But, but, however, you know, I'm saying all this because the difference between that 22-year-old woman and now this 62 two-year-old woman is Jesus and his anointing in my life. Jesus, not, not pastor, not Bishop Ryan, Jesus was my WD, or still is, my WD-40 that got me unstuck, that got my mind unstuck, that could see myself the way Jesus sees me. And again, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. 
And I know, and I probably have said this several times, but I know there are times when the Lord has said to me, Common, I need you to be where I need you to be because there are individuals, there are people, there are women, there are men that are looking, looking to you, and they want to they follow your example. And I've said it also that you need to do this for your daughters and your spiritual daughters and your spiritual children. That if the Lord can do it for you, then he surely can do it for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you can't tell me that the anointing doesn't work because I'm a living testimony. I'm a living witness that it works and it's still working. Now, I have not arrived. I haven't, I'm not saying, oh, I got it all together. No, I still have challenges. I still struggle, but I know that it's the anointing that flows from Jesus that makes the difference. And, and what... What he has done for me, and I know he's done for others, but there's so much more that he wants to do in every one of us. It's not just for us. The anointing is not just for us, but it's for the lives that we're going to reach, the lives that we're going to touch on our jobs, in our campuses, in our neighborhoods. The anointing is not just for us to, you know, say, oh, this is great. Yes, I love this anointing. No, it's for us to give out to others. So, Jesus and the anointing. I believe that even in this time that we are traveling through the series of Jesus' journey, a Jesus' journey, I believe that the Lord's going to, he's going to show us some things. He's going to open up our eyes to some things. Because see, this Jesus' journey, we want to see Jesus. We want to know Jesus. We want to know him better. We want to know him um, even more intimately. We want to know him even deeper. And I believe that as we go on this journey, that he is going to show us things about ourselves. And as the song that was, um, the song that was sung about the anointing and the power, that's what he wants how, for us to operate in, is the anointing and with the power. And I know that there was a, recently we, the elders, you know, we had a meeting, and we were really saying, Lord, we want the power of God. We need the power of God. The things that are happening all around us, happening in our lives, happening in our neighborhoods, happening in this community, happening in this country, happening in other countries. It is the power of God. It is the anointing, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and the and. Uh, uh, and the power that's going to make a difference, that's going to set the captives free, that's going to bring healing, that's going to show forth the goodness of the Lord, favor of the Lord. So as I end, again, Jesus received the anointing. He had to receive the anointing. So how much more us that we need to receive the anointing. He received the anointing of the Holy Spirit to accomplish his work, his full work. So how much more do we need the anointing to accomplish what the Lord has called each and one of us? The anointed. He is the anointed one. He is the Messiah. We know that. We can't be the anointed one. <laughs> we can't be the Messiah. But again, he's saying the anointing. You walk in the anointing that, that has been provided and given to you, you will do great works. He said, greater works will you do. So we need the anointing of God. He wants us to operate in this anointing, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to be able to fulfill our purpose. Each and one of us have a purpose. Each and one of us has a purpose that he desires for us to fulfill, and to walk in our destiny. And the good news, he's brought us to this place that we can even come alongside others that may feel like, I'm worn out. I'm worn out. I'm worn down. My life. And he's saying, no, I need 
I need you to walk alongside with that individual. I need you to help that individual. He needs us to help people get unstuck. As I, I stood up here and said that I was, I was stuck. And when the Lord unstuck me, I'm not supposed to just celebrate my unstuckness, if that's, if that's a word. But he said, no, I need you to come alongside someone else, others, to get them unstuck. To experience the flavor and the favor of the goodness of God. So, PT, PT Family, PT Global, let's walk on this Jesus journey. Because he's not going to fail us. He's not going to fail us as we walk, as we choose. Because he's not going to force us. As he told his disciples, follow me, come. Well, that's what he's saying to us too. Follow me, come. It's a choice and we will walk this Jesus journey. Amen? Amen. God bless you. I talked about the anoint, Christ and the anointing. And perchance there may be someone here that does not know the Lord. I would ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Can everyone bow your heads and close your eyes? We want to give opportunity that if you do not know the Lord, it's an opportunity to get to know him so that you can get unstuck, so that you can experience healing, so that you can receive the favor, the goodness of the Lord. So if you don't know the Lord, and if you're online, I'm just going to simply ask you to raise your hand so I can acknowledge you, and we're going to lead you into a prayer. If you're online, just put in the chat that you want to know the Lord. All right, I don't see any hands. Well, I want to pray for us as God's people. You may feel unstuck. You may feel like, Lord, I I'm, I'm, feel like I'm, I'm held captive. Lord, I, I want to believe that there is favor for me, that you want to add flavor to my life. And if you're here, I'm just going to ask you to stand where you are. So that I can pray for you, pray with you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, you see your children. And Lord, we're praying, praying for each other. They may feel that they're stuck. They may feel that, Lord, where are you? Lord, I need healing. I need breakthrough. Lord, I want to experience the favor, your favor. Or to at least know that you favor me. What I see in front of me, I'm like, Lord, do you really favor me? Will I really see the goodness of the Lord? Lord, as I pray for these individuals that are standing, that have been courageous to stand up. Lord, I'm praying that you would show yourself to them. They're, they are believers. They, they know you. But Lord, they may, life circumstances may have worn them down, may have worn them out. 
So, Father, I'm praying that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will flow in their lives, will flow in their hearts, that will remove whatever blockage, remove anything that hinders them from experience, the anointing that you have for them. Father, I pray that you would remove scales from their eyes to see that they would be in that place of, I'm going to trust you, Lord. Though I can't trace it, though I don't understand why this is happening, though I don't know, I don't see my, my way out, Lord God, I pray that you would help your sons and daughters to trust you. And even if they say, Lord, I'm, I'm really struggling, but I will trust you. Lord, that they will be able to get to that place and with their mouth, with their lips, the words forming on their lips, I will trust you, God. I will trust you, God. And as they walk this Jesus journey, if they take the steps to walk on this path with you, Lord, that you will open up, open up incredible doors for them. It would be like day and night as they choose to walk with you, Jesus. And we know that, Jesus, you are there waiting with outstretched arms, saying, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you. So, Lord, as, as they would choose, because it's a choice, that they would choose, God, to walk with you, they will see, they will see things opening up to them. They will see things that were, were maybe blocking them before and now not blocking. They will see yokes not just broken but destroyed. I speak to yokes on people's lives, oh God, and let your anointing destroy, break the yokes off of your children's lives, off of their minds, off of their, off their hearts, Lord God, and that they will experience, they will experience the joy of the Lord, they will experience the peace of the Lord, they will experience the hope of the Lord, they will experience you, God. And we know that it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by your spirit. So, Lord, would you do that for your children? Would you do that for your children that you would show them that you're with them? And even through the hardships, even through life maybe wearing them down, that you're walking right alongside them. You've been walking with them along uh, all the time. So, Father, we ask that you would make yourself known to them even in a greater way. Let them know you see them. You see them. You see them right where they are. You see them. And you will respond. You will respond. So thank you, God. Thank you, Father God, for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to have everyone stand as we get ready to close out. And you know that we don't hear, we don't give a benediction, but we speak a priestly blessing over everyone. So please extend your hands as if you're receiving a gift. Don't put them up like this. Put them out like this. Because you're receiving from the Lord. And this is found from Numbers 6, 24 to 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face to shine, which is to grin, beam, and show his pleasure on you. And may the Lord be gracious to you. May he be kind-hearted. May he be pleasant and compassionate. May the Lord show you his favor that will promote you 
appreciate you, support you, and sigh with you as you sigh with him. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom. Oh, may he give you his shalom, which is his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, his success. And may the Lord remove anything that causes agitation or discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless you in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone say, I receive that blessing. Grace and peace be unto you. God bless you. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you, and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.